Today's episode of the Talks Podcast is sponsored by St. Mark Vintage. Are you looking for all your vintage needs? Well, we have them. You want unique pieces that no one else has? We got them. Are you not afraid to dress outside the gender binary? We got that too. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at St. Mark Vintage, S-A-I-N-T-M-A-R-K-V-I-N-T-A-G-E, and check us out on our Depop shop. That's depop.com backslash St. Mark Vintage, D-E-P-O-P backslash St. Mark Vintage. Let's start the show. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Talks Podcast. Because we still don't have a soundboard. (laughs) But, you know, I'm your host, Daka, and to my immediate left, I have Blue. And to my right, I have Niall's not here. A moment of silence for Niall. Um, ain't nothing wrong with her. She just had to work today. <laughs> so, um, you know, we're just going to give her, um, what's it been? Has it been five seconds yet? And I talked through the whole thing. So You did. I'm sorry. I love you, Niall. The yeah. <laughs> five seconds. Everyone hush for five seconds. Sizzle. And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> It is now officially a thing. (laughs) It's a thing. And y'all hear another voice in the studio with us today. We've got a special guest with us. Hey, special guest. Hi. All right. So tell us who you are. Hi, everybody. This is Jonathan Gartner. And who are you, Jonathan? Why are you here today? I'm here because I really don't know why. You called me here? It's like, no. That Um, happens a lot, actually. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of people don't know why they're here. (laughs) Like, like uh, because you called me? It's like, yes, true, but... (laughs) But no, um, I'm the founder and president of Guard House, a nonprofit organization here in Charlotte that connects local uh, college kids of color with minority-owned businesses. So I'm here to just go ahead and tell you guys about that. Important stuff. Important. So you already answered my first question. You already told us what is Guard House, which is great. Yeah. But let's go back into it. So like, let's talk about how this idea came mm-hmm. to fruition. Like, tell us the backstory. About yes. Whoo, child. We got, we got some time. We got time. <laughs> Four scores <laughs> and 20 Sicily. years ago. <laughs> Sicily, 1920. Uh, oh, my gosh. I love Golden Girl. <laughs> um, no. Guard House came about because do you ever just sit and listen to conversations and you realize, okay, what's going to happen? Like, what are we going to do about it? Mm-hmm. And so I started to notice that there was nothing actually being done about it. Not dissing anyone not saying that somebody dropped the ball is just that there was not a market created and so in terms of doing something about it uh students of color have been graduating from college uh twice as likely to be unemployed than their counterparts for the last 50 years mm-hmm. and that's a really long time to have a standing statistic going without any type of positive change truly so I started to reflect based upon my own experiences growing up and going into college. I was an upper bound kid. Uh, hey, upper bound. <laughs> and upper bound was a great program plugged to upper bound. Uh, they helped first generation college students navigate the college application process. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a great program. I was able to attend college. I was able to use some of the skills that I learned in upper bound to navigate throughout college. But when I reflect upon my time in college, there was no program to follow up after Upper Bound. Mm -hmm. And that remained true once I moved to Charlotte, looking at the programs that are currently here. 
Um, there are a lot of great, and when I say great, like these people are doing some great work in Charlotte, like from YBLA to community and schools to mm-hmm. um, Charlotte Youth Coalition. Like there are a lot of great programs for high school students. And when those students go to college, they still have some type of connection to them, obviously, because we're not going to just dump kids in college yeah. and not provide them with resources. But through my own research, I've noticed that there actually were no programs that specifically targeted college students of color that provided work-based opportunities here in Charlotte. And so I'm like, oh, well, you know, let me go ahead and create it real quick then. Let me just yeah. hop on the computer. Hey, <laughs> No, but honestly, that was months of research, months of tears, months of just trying to figure out what it was because I didn't know what Gar House was. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what it would look like. All I know is, or all I knew was that something needed to be done for kids that looked like me, for kids that are like my nephew that will reach that age. Mm-hmm. And just what did it actually look like and what did I need to do? So it was just a long drawn out process, but we got there. All right. Nice. Yeah. That's one, you know, that's actually very inspirational. That's very nice uh, that you you had that idea, right? You had that thought, and then you brought it to fruition, right? Because mm-hmm. um, a lot of times we do have those things that we think about, and we don't. We just leave it as a thought. Mm-hmm. Or we convict in a way of, this is my thought process. I'm talking about it so much, but why hasn't nobody else done it? And it's like you're delegating it for somebody else to do it. Right. When you could go and do it yourself. And that's prime example for anybody listening out there that I don't know if you're open. I'm just kind of pubbing you at this point. <laughs> if you got questions <laughs> on how to open. do that, <laughs> there's um, a person here sitting with us that could probably help you navigate those. How do I start? I mean, I can only start by telling my story. I'm definitely not the the connoisseur behind it. Mm. There are people that have been out here doing it longer than I mm-hmm. have, and that's probably more wiser to speak to. Mm-hmm. I think for me, the constant uh, thought that I had in my mind as I walked this walk is that I need to just keep walking. Mm-hmm. Like there were mornings where I woke up just confused as to why in the world are you the one that's leading this movement? But clearly... I need it to lead it. I'm, yeah. I'm the one that's supposed to lead it. So even though I might be confused or I might be questioning why, my feet will always continue to move because it's through that walk that I'm really getting connected to my passion, my purpose. And I think the scariest part of it all is that your passion and purpose is directly connected to somebody else's passion and purpose. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not moving, then that means I'm not stopping somebody's passion and purpose from happening, but I'm delaying it possibly. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I don't want to be the reason why your passion and purpose is delayed. So if I got to move audaciously confused, like, yeah, I'm going to keep walking, but you know you want to tell me something? Send me a text. Let me know <laughs> what I'm growing. Smoke signal. Anything. Something. <laughs> but no, yeah. Well, that's good. Like, I think that speaks a lot. Like, you realize that it's something that's bigger than you. Ooh. That, you know, it's something that a lot of people, like you said, are going to benefit from what the groundwork that you're doing now. And mm-hmm. you have people that are helping you with that process, people that you can, like, work with. Yeah. I think that's the important part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, why is there, and we talked about, you know, there's still this huge disparity. Ooh, and even though it's been like 50 years, we've just been stagnant in there. What are other than 
what I guess some of us would think are like the obvious factors. What are some of the factors that kind of contribute to why there's such a disparity between the amount of access that black students have to jobs and internships while in college and post-grad than their white counterparts? Um, definitely the lack of social capital. Um, specifically here in Charlotte, there is an extreme social capital issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to know how to navigate within a city like Charlotte. And if you don't know how to navigate, then just your first attempt of reaching out and possibly hitting a wall will discourage you. Mm-hmm. And as a student of color who possibly grew up in poverty or possibly just grew up not having the know-how of how to navigate and then experiencing rejection, mm-hmm. like really that's what it is, is that once you hit that rejection mark, it's just like, what do I do for myself now? Like, mm-hmm. do I just circle back and say, well, maybe that wasn't for me. Uh, I interviewed a student here at UNCC and to hear somebody at 20 years old tell me that they felt defeated, discouraged, and maybe what they were chasing after wasn't for them. Like, mm-hmm. bro, you have not lived life yet. Right. Yeah, yeah. How are you, you can't use the word defeated until like 30, but the reality is that you can. And that's because of the systemic issues mm-hmm. that we face as a people of color. And I honestly attribute those systemic issues to a lot of things, but specifically for employment and opportunities for students of color, uh, the social capital aspect definitely is a huge obstacle. Mm-hmm. So I would agree with that. Um, I, in me being from Charlotte, um, I've seen that a lot too. You are from the seven hundred four. I'm from here. Okay, pulls <laughs> up. But I, that's that's a, that's a real thing. Um, you see it a lot every day. I can just speak from my own personal experience. Just like just coming back home to Charlotte yeah. after graduating and all that kind of stuff and just having that same feeling of defeat like what I go to college for four years for I can't even get like a foot in the door mm-hmm. you know and so like like you said like having that being able to move in those spaces and being able to have um that persistence and that I guess that knowledge to maneuver is so so important and a lot of us just don't it's have hard that. it's hard it's something That's that you learn true. and if you haven't had a chance to cultivate that through high school or through college and you just don't really know um so yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that that's very true um so i guess just to follow up with that like with what you guys do in, in guardhouse how um how is guardhouse addressing those type of disparities or yeah. barriers so i think the most important thing that we really focus on with students itself first Uh, A lot of programs focus on in-demand jobs now, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. teaching you skills, though in 10 years, those skills probably would be useless because 100,000 plus jobs are going to be leaving communities of color. Um, Very true. So you need to truly focus on who that student is as an individual. And I think we wait so late in the, mm, no, let me retract that. We don't, it's not that we wait so late in the game because I think throughout college, shout out to all the BSC. BSUs and the African-American Student Leagues, we talk about self a lot in those organizations when we're in college. Like we talk a lot about community and what it looks Mm -hmm. like to build your social capital. We Mm -hmm. talk a lot about coming together and having fellowship. It's once we leave college, there's no real follow up after that as well. Yeah. So for those students, like, I mean, it's just honestly all, it's all a struggle, Um, but yeah. Yeah. That just made me think of something. So 
the both of you went to predominantly PWIs. Yes. I went to an HBCU. And I'll say just from what you said from the community standpoint, that's mm -hmm. something that even when you go to HBCU, that's something that I that I would say, and this, I might catch some shit for saying this, but like from a HBCU perspective, in certain ways, you don't get necessarily prepared. I didn't feel that I got necessarily prepared for the real working world um, for what I was doing, but more so like how to just um, maneuver socially, which is an extremely important skill because mm -hmm. I know how to maneuver in those spaces, but I was never really taught how to really get in those spaces, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. Well, are you, you know meant I mean? to be in those spaces? Ooh, good question. That's a, that's a very good question. Um, <laughs> I mean, these are the questions yeah. that we're having. And I guess going back to your question, is like we start with self. Yeah. Like yeah. that's why we start with self. Mm -hmm. Because without knowing self, why are you looking for employment? We push students so fast mm -hmm. to hurry up and get a job. Yeah, yeah. And then after their first mm -hmm. year of employment, they're sitting somewhere in a call center just trying to refigure out their life. And mm -hmm. that was my story. Like mm -hmm. I had to sit down in a call center for a little bit to really understand who I was as a professional and work through some kinks. Yeah. Um, but no, like you really have to first identify who you are as an individual and then also go through the skills and find out through those skills, what are your strengths? Yeah. And then true. tie those strengths then to the dream that you have over your life. And then literally take that passion, pull it by its edges straight to the finish line uh -huh. because nobody's going to get you there unless you are moving yourself as well. That's, That's very true. true. So it all starts with self. So to your your point, you got to figure out if you're supposed to be in those spaces. Right. And I, that's exactly what I had to do. And I agree with that. Yeah. 100%. Um, so it's, 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 just, it's good that that is something that you all are focusing on because that's something mm -hmm. that is missing. Um, and I know, so we know that it does go back to our educational system as well. Our educational system plays a lot into how we matriculate all the way up through college and the experiences that we have. Mm -hmm. In your view, and we'll just say Charlotte for right now, or we'll say we'll say from where you're from in Philly, okay, as opposed to Charlotte, from what you've seen, mm -hmm. how would you describe the educational system between the two? I would definitely say, like just from an internship perspective, uh, with some of the schools that I've been able to work with so far, like I would say this day and age is definitely. Uh, a lot more advanced than what it was before. Uh -huh. Because literally we would have to go inside of the counselor's office to find out what internships are available. Yeah, yeah. Like counselors were not emailing you <laughs> every day of new internship opportunities. Like you might have gotten emails specific from your department, but mm -hmm. the act like to have an actual department uh -huh. that focuses on getting students within that university employment, like that's great. Uh, I do know specifically my college had something similar to it, yeah. Yeah. but like just seeing how things have transformed and as it should, because time has passed since I've been in college, just seeing how things has grown in that front is great. Uh, but I will say the difference is it's not that Northerners are better than Southerners by any means, because I think there are some great institutions in the South. I just think that culturally there are some there are still some beliefs that students who possibly swap places uh -huh. have to work through. And I don't know if institutions are realizing that. And so take, for example, if you're from the North and you come to the South, mm -hmm. as you're going through this 
trying to find a process in the education system, trying to find an internship, what resources are literally there to kind of help you mm-hmm. understand how to navigate within the Southern culture. Mm-hmm. It's not a professional, not, it's not that it, the Southern culture is not professional, but it's not just about the professionalism of it all. It's about learning how to navigate now within different uh, within di- different geographic areas. Yeah. Yeah. And without that, I think we're going to just continue to have additional issues on top of the issues right. that we already have. So at least from when I was in the North, uh, from where I'm from, everybody was kind of more, this is the roadmap that you should take. Okay. Um, these are the opportunities that you have. And then it, it was kind of easier to obtain a mentor as well in the North. Okay. Whereas in the South, I mean, it's very tightly knit. And yeah. so that mentor who would have been able to assist with you mm-hmm. developing that, mm-hmm you're not able to gain that as easily as you could have had you been where I was from. Yeah. I think there's something there's there's something to that point. I I don't know if other states did this, but in North Carolina we used to have a senior exit that we had to do in high school. Mm-hmm. So you had to do pretty much it was like your first real research project and you had to have a mentor, mm-hmm. um, someone that was going to be working with you through this process. And it was supposed to be kind of like I guess the idea was to be based on what you thought you might ultimately want to do yeah. with your life. My project ended up being about um, how our representation in the media affects us as a people mm-hmm. culturally. And so for my, I had to find someone that was doing that kind of work. And like you said, it's like, I didn't know anyone that was doing that kind of work at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was difficult. And I think it, that goes by industries too. Like down south, I feel like c- certain industries may not be... Um, I don't know. It might be a little bit harder to get stuff done. And that's yeah. not to say that those things aren't here. Right. And I think that just goes back to my original statement of the systemic issues that are still within specifically our communities. Yeah. Because there are some great mentoring programs mm-hmm. in Charlotte, but do they have the capital to actually uh, market? Yeah. Um, who are on their board of directors to actually connect you with these individuals? Um, there's so many layers to it, but... I mean that's just something that I've seen so far. Yeah. And I mean things can change. We had the same the same thing in Ohio mm-hmm. with um the senior exit project. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But one of the difference if I'm hearing yours right, one of the difference with what we had when it came time to choose those professionals to go and be your mentor and get you through and shadow and all that, right? And basically externship with. Mm-hmm. Um we had our school got the resources. So our counselor, uh, you know, had it all laid out. If when you gave her whatever that it was that you were planning to do for me, it was a, I wanted to be an Emmy medical examiner. Uh, um, so I couldn't get with the corner, you know, county corner, but I could get with the medical examiner at one of the hospitals. Okay. But I didn't find that. My counselor was like, okay, this is what you want to do. Right. This is your project. We had to submit that. Review, 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 yeah, go through yeah. a review process. Like it was like submitted. They either tell you it's too it's not broad enough mm-hmm. or it's too broad and you gotta bring it back just so they can match you up with the proper people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then she was able to go and contact both hospitals and say who is available. Then it was okay, this person you need to reach out to 
Now it's up to you yeah. to make that connection. See, mm-hmm. ours was a little different. Like I think I can only speak from my experience. Like for what I wanted to do, it ended up being more so on like I said, on the media track mm-hmm. and graphic design track and things, how I wanted to present my project. So I was I found I found my own mentor and it was actually my teacher who had studied the same thing in college. Mm-hmm. He was actually my teacher for graphic design and stuff. But I remember when it came to us finding our mentors, that was not something that the counselors did. That was something that us, the students, mm-hmm. had to go out and find. Mm-hmm. And that's where the issue came in. Because if you got kids, just like you said, who are coming from maybe like a background where they don't, yeah. you know, readily have access or know anybody that's in, who's a doctor or whatever they want to do, like how did they go out and find those resources? Mm-hmm. It's virtually impossible. And then mm-hmm. that also touches back on what you were saying about those differences between geographical locations mm-hmm. of being up north or, you know, northeast, whatever, and then also in the south. Um, and then also, I think, like you said, there's not that hierarchy of north and south, but there is this thing of, of education in the south still, quote unquote, catching up, right? Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think when I look at that, it's like even just coming from college from up north, even though it was PWI, is it, you notice there's different differences in just the local high school, grade school education. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, okay, when I look at it for myself, I'm like, how does this, how are we are where we're now 2020 and we still have a gap? Mm-hmm. And the gap is mm-hmm. small, but it's huge at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, what happens to bridge that? And then now with the election season, after Trump, you know, decides to give money to HBCUs, right? Now we hear all of these things on the Democratic side of we're giving money to HBCUs, we're giving mm-hmm, money to HBCUs, yeah. which is fine and dandy. Give it. But what do we do and what do we do in place to help those before we get to the college arena? Yeah. Because it has to start somewhere before it we does. get to the college part. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest problems, at least in, in, in Southern schools, especially here in Charlotte, is we don't have necessarily segregation anymore, but we have segregation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so there's that clear division of allocation of resources. Mm-hmm. So there's still that. So that is definitely still a problem. Um, so that's why, yeah, we're still catching up in the South. We still have not that segregation racism doesn't happen anywhere else because obviously it does but it's just more ingrained in our history Mm -hmm. and we just have just called it by a new name we just uh rezone rezone yeah (laughs) busing busing and rezoning yeah so if a student is wanting to um go through you all and to join part of the program like what was that kind of look like on the student's end I mean, they can do it a couple of ways. They can interact with us if we're on a college campus. Uh, We just had a really dope event at JCSU where we were encouraging students to come up and actually affirm the dreams that they have. And it was honestly really successful. It was nerve-wracking at first because it was our first on-campus event. Mm -hmm. But um, we are going to other campuses, uh, still working out those dates with other universities here in Charlotte specifically and in Greensboro. But um, they can, through on-campus to social media, we are active on social media, and then additionally through our website. And then lastly, just me personally through LinkedIn, like a lot of students actually have reached out to me via LinkedIn, and I'm glad that 
it's weird because they're calling me Mr. Gartner December 1. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> like, when y'all get into this program, the first thing y'all going to stop doing is calling me Mr. Gartner. <laughs> That's what we're not going to do. <laughs> what we're not going to do is that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, and I think to our earlier conversation, I want people to know that you can just approach me. Like, you can yeah. have a conversation with me. I'm extremely open to hear what you have to say, extremely open to learn more about you and the experiences that you have been having. So, I mean, there's a multitude of ways that students can engage with us and become a part and learn more about what Gar House is doing. Yeah. Got you. That's it. So I guess what we're, what we're you know, discussing is uh-huh. one of the things of, and I, I guess I'm that person, what are, what are your, I know you have your short-term goals, you mm-hmm. may have long-term goals, but what is your overall vision that you see as a legacy for Guard House? To eliminate the systemic barriers that college students of color face when graduating and seeking employment. Nice. So that means a college student will be able to leave, who is of color, mm-hmm. will be able to leave college not worrying about, am I going to be a part of that two times number? Am I going to be another individual who has to be underemployed? Because that's also an issue. Yeah. It's either you're not employed or you're underemployed. Mm-hmm, yeah. And there are a lot of people in as a uh, as college students who are underemployed. Yeah. But obviously, once again, yeah, the higher amount will be your people of color. Like it needs to stop. Like at this point, it's like, why are we going back and forth? Why is this still a discussion? Yeah. Like if I can sit here and say, mm-hmm. we know this is wrong. We know that students of color deserve the same type of opportunities as your students do. And the reason I'm going to say your is because it's not just with um, people who aren't just black and Latino. Mm -hmm. Like there are other uh, races who still do get preferential treatment when seeking employment. Yeah. Um, We just need to be cognizant of it all, to be honest. Uh, But no. Like, let's end this conversation and actually just do something about it at this point. It's seeming very political, mm-hmm. and it need not be. It is very political. It is. It's, uh, That's it's very um, <laughs> charged. Yeah. Very it's, charged it's almost thing. safe for me. This is just me speaking. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I don't need nobody trying to come at me. He's trash. <laughs> <laughs> but I almost feel like it's it's almost the modern-day oppression form of oppression mm-hmm. of people of color. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason that I feel that way is because now you have people of color in huge or large or greater amounts now going to become educated, Ooh, meaning yes. going wow. to college. I've seen I've seen someone talk about yes, this. Yes, graduating. With what? Degrees. And what's the other D word? Debt. Here <laughs> we go. Let's but, but, but Degrees before, in debt. Yeah, but before getting there, it's like you have you have this going on now. Whereas there's not that many. The part of prison where there was prison reform and all this and blah blah blah, mm-hmm. and you had the mass amount of of incarceration of black and brown people with prison generations ago, previous generations, not. A lot of generations ago, mm-hmm. maybe one or two. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, now you have, I think maybe starting with class of 2003-ish, mm-hmm. that influx of people of color, mainly black people, saying, listen, we need to change up. And we've started going to 
college. Mm-hmm. We started getting yeah. degrees. Mm-hmm. And then let's not forget that the most educated person <laughs> is a black woman. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, okay, my thought is, okay, we can't lock them up anymore, but we can lock them down with debt. Now listen. And that's how, that's just personally how I feel. It's a different way of oppression, of oppressing people of color. You know, I, and I don't know the, the complete statistic on it, but I did see from like a, a credible source I was reading, and I forget I forget who it was, but it was something credible, mm-hmm. um, that they were saying that same argument. It's like college debt started going up the minute that when some more mm-hmm. black people started getting postgraduate degrees, just just degrees yeah. in general. Um, and there might, I think there's some, there is something to that. I mean, the previous generations love to talk about like, oh, well, we were able to go to college and that mm-hmm. was like, y'all, even if y'all had student loan debt, you weren't paying off for the rest of your life. My exactly. parents aren't paying off their student loan debt for the rest of their life. Like they, they've been paid that back, yeah. you know? So it's just, it, it's strange. Um, and then we didn't, you mentioned something that, like you said, the most educated person is the black woman. We haven't even talked about how not only race, but gender disparities mm-hmm. for like, students of color like what what do you think that kind of looks like in terms of employing within internships black women definitely receive the hardest treatment mm-hmm. than our black boys within trying to obtain mm-hmm. i think because with women just in general we judge them more harshly than we do men yeah so let's say we have a a uh, woman of color who wasn't born with a silver spoon in her mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's just getting to the point where she feels comfortable with applying to the internships that she wants to go into. Mm-hmm. But let's say her community didn't equip her with all the necessities that's required to go into an interview, mm-hmm. whether if it's a nice notepad and a pen or right. a nice uh, dress or a skirt or depending on your your uh, field, some nice jeans and a nice blazer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so instead, that woman goes into it and she has on what she feels is appropriate. Mm-hmm. Pausing there, but then flipping to your uh, male of color, who's in a very same situation, it's easier for him because he can put on a polo that might be a little wrinkled mm-hmm. or some khakis mm-hmm. that might be also equally as wrinkled mm-hmm. and some square-toed uh, shoes. Shout out to them because we all had them one point in our life. <laughs> Religiously. <laughs> Stunting. And stop lying. <laughs> okay, we all had them. Block toe heel. Let's get it. All right. But you're, you're more sympathetic to that individual because you see that they're trying, but then you look at the black woman that and is, you say you're true. not trying hard yeah, enough. That is very true, yeah. actually. And that is so sad. Mm-hmm. And then let's not even just talk about, let's not even forget, I mean, um, in terms of body shapes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. It is hard, one, to construct a suit. That's number one. Mm -hmm. If I learned anything from watching these design shows, (laughs) uh, next thing in fashion or next best thing in Mm -hmm. fashion on Netflix, they said it themselves. It's hard to construct this suit. So imagine constructing a suit for an individual, whether it's male or female, whose body type does not fit the European standard. The Mm -hmm. norm. Air quotes I'm using. (laughs) We hear them. Heavy. (laughs) So, I mean, for me, honestly, I do think it is our black young women who do have 
kind of the harder fight. And they continue to have the harder fight, obviously. Yeah. Um, but just once again, that just goes back to your systemic issues. Mm -hmm. It's like, why do why why is there a fight? Mm -hmm. Why is there um these standards that they have to meet? Why is it that they're incapable or not incapable? Why is it that they aren't being given the resources that's required for them to truly know how to show up within the field that they want to be in? Mm -hmm. Like, what is going on? And so when you start to answer those questions, that's when you get to actually apply action. Mm -hmm. And that's honestly all that Guardhouse is about. We're not about just the conversation. We're not just about oh, what's your dream? Okay, yeah. great. Let's go ahead and just put you in an internship. No, that's not mm. going to help yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's not development. We do personal and professional development. We mm. focus on self and then career for mm -hmm. a reason. And whether if it's our black women or black young women, because that's another thing, we need to stop looking at these college kids as men and women. They're still children. Yeah, that's true. They still have ways to go. Yeah. So our young black women and young black men who are still going through a growing process, we need to give them grace and give them time to develop. And that's something that we know is not historically given. And we do yeah. not give it. Yeah. We don't. We don't. Do you feel that, um, because I think it does work, I think it works externally as well as internally. Do you feel like internally that we that we are internally failing as well? Not maybe not failing is not the right word, but we are not doing what we need to do as a community on the inside. For those of us that have the know-how, that have the knowledge to pass on, mm. that we're not doing what we need to do to help the next generation. Um, I think the people who do have the know-how, they are doing what they know how. It just goes back to those systemic issues. <laughs> is that we're asking, it's like you can't, I cannot. Uh, and maybe if you had talked to me when I was in college, young and dumb, been able to cast blame on someone. But mm -hmm. as I've gotten older and uh, what is it? Had grown me up. Somebody had to grow me up or learn <laughs> yeah. me up. Learn, learn you they up. They learned me up. <laughs> um, you can't blame people for certain things that either they truly did not know was wrong or that they were doing out of a necessity for them. Okay. And... These last couple of years, well, not couple because we're talking about 50. These last 50 years have been our communities trying to grow into something. And though at times it might be ugly and it causes division within our community, would I have done the same thing in a similar situation? I think it's easy for us to say, well, do you know if it's wrong? Do you know if it's right? And say that they should have done X, Y, and Z. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. I'm glad that you know what I should have done, but would you have done it if you were in that similar situation? Right. Yeah. So instead of me answering that with, yeah, they wrong, I don't know what I would have done if I was in a very similar situation. Sure. However, I can tell you what I'm going to do now. Mm, okay. And what I'm doing now is putting the action down so that way that can no longer be even a conversation. Mm -hmm. Like, we got to move past it. Yeah. And internally, I think people are there. I think people are starting to realize it. I was just listening to um, a podcast yesterday, and the young woman who was being interviewed, she was like, I'm tired of these roundtable conversations and these networking events. Like... Mm. Can we talk about those for a second? <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll get into it. I want you to finish your thought first, but then we'll talk about that. But like, no, like they're great for awareness. And I believe we are aware. We are aware. There we go. Yeah. It's time to act. 
Yeah. That's that's real. I agree with that because I agree with that young woman. <laughs> I agree with her wholeheartedly. <laughs> like networking events to me are just so exhausting because at least the ones that I have found myself going to, and I've tried different kinds. Like I find it to be the same type of situation, you know, because they're all it's because especially here, like it's everything centered around like beer or like mm-hmm. drinking or something. Mm-hmm. Like they market it as like it's a good time, but also network. And it's yeah. like, okay, cool. So go out. It's like all right, I'm gonna go out and network, got my little pocket full of business cards or whatever. And everyone's kind of like off on their own little clique. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And everyone's over here. And it's like, no, never mind. You don't. Okay. I'm going to just be over here. I'm going to grab my beer and I'm going to go. Yeah. Um, it's okay, though. But yeah. But see, that's where you <laughs> got to push yourself in that moment. This is true. Um, this is also true. I'll call it a power hour. Mm. I go into it. I literally set my timer because I can be an introvert. And I set a goal of connecting with at least one person uh-huh. because I know five ain't going to be realistic for me yeah. unless they come up to me. Uh-huh. and go into it knowing that you need to at least have been there for one reason, and that one person you connect with could have been that reason. Don't leave a networking event without having at least one business card in your pocket, but also don't force yourself to stay somewhere that you don't feel comfortable because either that means you're not supposed to be there or you just weren't ready yet. So then if you weren't ready, figure out what you need to do in order to get ready. True. true. So Very true. That's real. That's that's <laughs> that's it right there. The nerves. Just, we're real raw today. Um, <laughs> we're back though. Um, what I think that I what I've seen with Guardhouse so far, and what I'm liking is that you all are very um active. Like you're not like you're not like come see us. You're really trying to get out there and get meet people where they are and really make it engaging, make it fun. Also. Um, you have an event coming up, don't yes, you? Yes, I do. So let's talk about that. Tell us a little bit about so, it. So housewarming is what we're calling it, though we do not have a location yet. If a funder is possibly listening, just know that we want to be in the West Corridor. Um, but housewarming is us basically beginning to showcase our culture and what happens. And I'm really pulling this from our own house, well, my own house, Um it's meant for family, it's meant for friends, it's meant for conversation, it's meant for laughs. And on any given Sunday, you can find brunch happening at my house. And that's because we love to be able to have that type of fellowship with our community. And new people, the amount of new people that come in our house, like, I mean, granted, not everybody just allowed to be in here, but <laughs> there's always a new face that we welcome to the table. Yeah. And so that's why I wanted to have a brunch for our first fundraising event with people in our generation and not uh, excluding other generations, like obviously come out if you can. But I wanted to really showcase that Guardhouse is for the people. And it's by the people. Like, we are the FUBU. <laughs> come on. Come on, yeah. FUBU. No. But our, the housewarming <laughs> is going to be great. Um, thanks to Lost and Found over there in South End. Oh, nice. They said that they love our mission. They love the work that we're doing and that we can come on in, have the brunch, have a little day party, have a little slight lituation. Uh, and tickets are currently on sale on Eventbrite. Just go to guardhouse.org and click on the banner and you can purchase your own. Uh, like any day party, we have packages that you'll be able to purchase. <laughs> But um, I'm trying to be VIP. <laughs> no, wanna, seriously, wanna purchase the VIP tickets, please. <laughs> um, but really, it's just introducing, donating, 
to our generation as well. I think that by doing this in the form of a day party, I mean, granted, we all go to day parties. We all have fun. We all spend exorbitant amounts of money to get ready for a day party, then to go to the day party, and then after the day party, because we all know we got to get something to eat after Always we go to the out. day party. Um, shout out to Midnight Diner. <laughs> Wealth House. <laughs> um, and Blaze Pizza. That was a good, that was, oh, that was so good after one day party. <laughs> Blaze. Blaze Pizza. It I is haven't good. Ever been and I need really? to go. You have to get the pesto garlic yeah. sauce around the crust. Well, that sounds like something else. <laughs> yeah. Like you preaching now. I am. <laughs> right. I just got hungry. Oh back, that's, mm, we're back. We're back. No, but definitely the housewarming is going to be great. I wanted to really just introduce donating to our generation and let them know that you can still have fun and still do it for a cause. Mm, yeah, and yeah. this is exactly that. Like you're able to still turn up, but also know that you're truly impacting the life of a college student of color. So nice. Get your tickets now. The info will moment. be in the uh, You can stop listening for like here. Go to my website and get your tickets. <laughs> drop, drop the website again. Get the drop tickets. it for us one more time. Guardhouse.org. And Guardhouse, y'all, is spelled G-A-R-D as in David, H-O-U-S-E dot org. Boom. Then you got it. I'm here for it. <laughs> Boom. We will be at uh, Talks Podcast. We'll be in attendance uh, at the housewarming. Yes, they will. Um, so, you know, we're here for it and we support because that's what we do. Yes. 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 This is great, though. I mean, I think that this is something that we need in yeah. the community for sure. And yeah. like you said, why not you? You have the talent, you have the know-how, you have the resources, and you have the drive to really push that change. And so. that takes so much time, y'all. I don't think that people realize it, that living your dream and walking in your purpose that's work. Mm -hmm. And for individuals who might become critics of Gar House, saying, oh, well, you're just telling these kids to live their dream. And that's unrealistic. Like, because a lot of people have some of those mindsets of mm -hmm. living your dream is unrealistic. Yeah. No, living your dream just means you have to work your ass off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's all. Stop saying, because really, when you're saying that my dream is unrealistic, you're saying I'm incapable of working towards it. Uh-huh. Anything is possible if you literally put your mind to it and utilize the resources that you have around you, whether how small they are or how large they are. Mm -hmm. So if you find that you are a student of color who do not have the social capital that's needed to get you somewhere, my first bit of advice, Google. Like, and if you don't have internet, go to the library. If the mm -hmm. library is too far from your home and you can't drive there just to let you know you can hop on the light rail there are certain scooter services now that allow for you to get on their bikes for a cheaper price i believe mm -hmm. gotta double check that so don't call me out later in life if i'm incorrect <laughs> about that but even just down to internships like there are new things that are popping up for students of color right now yeah. like lyft and i believe uber but i know for a fact <laughs> lyft they give uh, uh, rides to your interviews yeah. for free. Yes. Like, you know how many times I could yes. use that? Yes. 
Like, yes. like lift, Where like connect with us. But <laughs> Where was this energy? <laughs> yes, they do. But I love it, though. The thing is that there are resources. But the reason why I think I started to break it down is just to go back to it, the systemic issues. Mm-hmm. There, it's a real thing that internet is becoming limited for people of color. Yeah. That mm-hmm. you have to have a certain amount of money mm-hmm. in order to be able to view things now on the web. We look at other cultures and we're saying, well, these people are terrible for changing their internet um Internet parameters where they can only see certain things that believe in this country. Well, mm, we're kind of telling people the same yeah, thing here. We are. And that's not nice. <laughs> like, yeah. it's not nice. Because at internet all. access is becoming one of those things of a luxury. It is. It's a bullet point yeah. for many presidential campaigns right now for the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. So the mm-hmm. fact that it's a point means that it's a problem. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So that's why you got to break it down a little further in terms of, okay, well, then go to your library. Well, what if their neighborhood is not the safest place to be able to have transportation for a library? It's like, why are all these things happening? Yeah. Like, let's answer these questions truthfully and honestly. Hold individuals accountable. Hold yourself accountable. It does start with yourself. And then form a plan of action of how to change it. Mm -hmm. If I can't do anything before I leave this earth is that I hope that I invoke some type of fire within someone to say, you know what, let me act out on something. Let me go ahead and put my mind to it because if this guy who didn't know nothing from nowhere was able to come down here and literally attempt to transform Mm -hmm. the lives of college students of color, well, I can at least pick up the torch and close the gap where he possibly was falling short. Yeah. Because that's all Garhouse is doing. I'm trying to just close the gap because there are people doing great work. It's just that there's a gap. Yeah. So just one more time. Tell us where we can find you on all the social media networks. Tell us the website. Just give us the date if you have it already planned out for the housewarming. Give us any other information you want us to know. So the housewarming will be April 11th. Uh, The brunch portion starts at 12 p.m. However, if you just want to go to the day party, that starts at 2.30 p.m. And tickets will be available or are available right now on guardhouse.org. And once again, that's G-A-R-D as in David, H-O-U-S-E dot org. It's literally at the top of the page. As soon as you see it, just click it. It takes you to the Eventbrite and you can just purchase your ticket. And all across all social media, it is Guardhouse CLT. Um, but... If there's ever an issue, those links are also on our website. <laughs> there you go. Nice, nice. Make it easy for them. Yeah. All right. Nice. Well, y'all know what to do now. Like we said, it starts with us as a community. We have to start from the bottom. Yeah. And go up top. Yep. And bring and, back everybody. And one thing to touch on before we disconnect and leave oh, out. Yes. All right. Let's talk just about want it. to elaborate on what you were saying about isn't possible impossible is possible because impossible is i'm possible Mm -hmm. if you break it down Mm -hmm. so we'll leave you with that right wait and what did whitney say impossible things are happening y'all that's on soundcloud (laughs) i listened to that while leaving work the other day listen (laughs) but you gotta hear the the remix i'll I'll play it for y'all after this yeah because i'm I'm interested it's good you know i love me some nip okay (laughs) i wish i had usage for the sound bites i'd love to play that at the end but i don't have that i'm not getting sued today so we'll leave y'all with that thought Thank y'all for joining us again. We'll see y'all 
in the next episode of Talks Podcast. Naya, we love you. We'll see you next time you're here too. Yes, we miss you. We do miss you. We feel oh. your energy though. We feel it. <laughs> Naya. We feel it. <laughs> right here. But we'll see you on the next episode. So until then, bye. Peace. Bye.